Our first reading comes from Ezekiel 34, 11-16. For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I, I myself, will search my sheep and seek them out, as a shepherd seeks out his flock when he is among his sheep that have been scattered. It's, um, so will I seek out my sheep, and I will rescue them from all places where they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. And I will bring them out from the people and gather them from the countries, and will bring them into their own land. And I will feed them on the mountains of Israel by the, the ravines and in the habited place of the country. I will feed them with good pasture, and on the mountain heights of Israel shall be their grazing land, and they shall lie down in good grazing land, and on rich pasture. They shall feed on the mountains of Israel. I, will, I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep, and I myself will make them lie down, declares the Lord God. I will seek the lost, and I will bring back the stray, and I will bind up the injured, and I will strengthen the weak, and the fat and the strong I will destroy. I will feed them in justice. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please stand for the reading of the gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. Jesus enters Jericho and was passing through, and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich, and he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on the account of the crowd, he could not, because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to that place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled, he has gone to be in the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone, um, anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, and since he, is also, since he is also a son of Abraham, for the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. So Zacchaeus, it's a favorite story. It's a favorite story of Sunday school teachers. It's a, a favorite story of, of all of us who have studied the Bible and you can, maybe you're even thinking of that song. You know that song? You guys want to sing it? Yeah, let's do it. Let's put it on the screen there. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. He climbed up in a sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. And as the Savior passed that way, he looked up in the tree. And he said, Zacchaeus, you come down, for I'm going to your house today. For I'm going to your house today. All right, good. Now you're all back in Sunday school a little bit. <clears throat> Zacchaeus is fun because, I mean, for kids, who as a kid doesn't remember trying to see you know, you're trying to get through the crowd or mom or dad has to put you up on the shoulders to see what's going on. And as adults, though, I think we kind of identify with Zacchaeus sometimes. He's kind of the underdog. You know, it says that he was short. And back in those days, archaeology shows that, that people were around 5'6", five, 5'7". Five, that was about an average height. So if, 
average height is that, then Zacchaeus is probably around five foot tall. He's a short, short guy. And so we can kind of identify with that underdog. But I, I think more than that, as adults, I think sometimes we can identify with a desire to want to be closer to God, but there's some impediment. There's something that gets in the way of us drawing closer to Jesus, to seeing Jesus. And so we look at Zacchaeus today, and we see this story that Luke includes in his gospel. None of the other gospel writers include this story. And Luke is known as kind of the gospel for the outcast, the gospel for the outsiders. And Zacchaeus is surely one of those outsiders. He's identified as a sinner. He's identified as, as one of those people. He's not one of the ones that you would expect Jesus, this holy man, to be hanging out with. You would think that Jesus is going to be hanging out with, you know, the good people, the people that are going to synagogue and to church and to temple. He's going to be hanging out with the good folks. But over and over in Scripture, we see Jesus hanging out with those people. Now, Zacchaeus is one of those. He's most likely the most despised man in town. And you got to understand this, because Zacchaeus was a Jewish man. But did he have Jewish friends? Most likely not, because as his role as a tax collector, it was his job to, to get money, go door to door to the houses in his region, and get the tax money that Rome demanded of all the citizens. And as a tax collector, they're, they're, they were paid by how much they were able to get over and above what was actually due. So like if you were going to be the tax collector of Carmel, you'd actually, you would kind of bid for that right. And, and Rome would say, we need to get $50,000 from the people of Carmel. And so you as a tax collector, as, as some businessman, you would pay $50,000 to Rome and then you would have to collect that money. And whatever you got over and above $50,000, that was all income. That was profit. And so the people knew that this man was taking from them, the Jewish people knew that they were taking from them to give money to their oppressors, to the people that were in charge of this region, this, of, of their land, of Jerusalem, of, of Israel. This was God's country, yet these Roman occupiers were there. And here's a Jewish man helping them do it. Not only are they paying money, to pay taxes, but they realize these taxes are being used to suppress them. The money is funding the military. So maybe he has Roman friends. Well, he's a Jew. He's not really, he only is, is good to the Jewish people and that, or to the Roman people and that they're, they're receiving money from him, but he's really not one of them. Maybe he's got other tax collector friends. Chances are he didn't even have that because it said he was a chief tax collector, which meant he was over other tax collectors, which meant he was probably taking money, getting money off the top from them as well. Talk about an outcast. This man was an outcast. And of all the people 
for us to be talking about 2,000 years later if the people of his town knew that we were here talking about Zacchaeus, they wouldn't be very happy about it. But Zacchaeus is actually a hero, a type of hero in the Gospel of Luke. And why is that? As an outcast, Jesus sees him. Jesus sees Zacchaeus as Zacchaeus climbs up into a tree. And you got to realize, this isn't something that, that adults would do. That was kid stuff. To climb up in a tree? You don't do that. And the people had to be upset with him because here's this guy. He's probably wearing really nice clothes that I paid for with my tax money. I know, that, I know who he is. And now he's drawing attention from this, this guy who's walking through town. And Jesus goes directly to him. Jesus sees him. And Jesus recognizes something in Zacchaeus, that Zacchaeus needs something. And Jesus has exactly what Zacchaeus needs. Something more satisfying than any of the money that he can collect. Something more satisfying than any of the goods of this world could provide for Zacchaeus. And so now we see Jesus with one of those people. And the people are definitely not happy about it. They complain. And then Jesus normally would tell a story, a parable, to try to to bring a teaching to a situation. He was really good at teachable moments. Earlier in the book of Luke, Jesus told the story of the parable of the lost sheep. You kind of heard that in our Old Testament reading. And he also told the parable of the lost coin and the parable of the lost son, the prodigal son. In each, in each one of those, we, we see a little bit of insight into what Jesus was about, what he came to do. But in this story, it's not the words of Jesus that teach us. It's actually the words of, Zacchaeus, of Zacchaeus that tell us something about Jesus and his ministry. You see, Zacchaeus decides to make things right. Zacchaeus actually repents. Repent means a turning around, a changing from your direction. And in the Jewish culture, repentance wasn't just something that you said, but it actually had an impact in your life, specifically financially for Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus takes his money and he makes things right with his money. He says even to fourfold if he has to. Because Zacchaeus has found something more valuable. He's found salvation. He's been restored in a right relationship with his God through Jesus Christ. His life is now changed and he's going to live differently. You see, Jesus shows in this story that he's come for all people and he's come for the very purpose of seeking and saving that which is lost. He's come to make us in a right relationship with our heavenly father And he's come for you and for me. And we can learn three things from this story, I think. We can learn lots of things, but I'm going to focus on three things from this story of Zacchaeus. First thing we see is that there's no prerequisite to receiving God's love. God doesn't need you to get right before he enters into a relationship with you. Zacchaeus didn't have to give up tax collecting before he meets with Jesus. You see, Jesus is the actor. He's the one in this exchange that's working. He is the agent. 
That's what happens in grace. You see, grace is a free gift. There's no coercion. There's no, if you get your life right, then you can receive this gift. See, God's love comes to those that are far from him. And what we see over and over in scripture is it's the recognition of this reality for someone to realize that they are far from God and that there is nothing that they can do to make that relationship right is completely the work of God. It's a free gift. You see, the, the ones that are grumbling in this story, they think that they've got it right with God because of their own actions, because of something they've done. The religious leaders thought they were following all the rules and laws that put them in a right relationship with God. But that's not how God's love works. It's grace. It's a free gift. The second thing I think we can learn from this is that when we encounter Jesus, there is change that happens. We are going to be changed. We talked about it last week in in Pastor Scott's sermon with Nicodemus. Nicodemus, his life changed after he came in contact with Jesus and we see this slow progression. And for Zacchaeus, it wasn't a slow progression at all. It was immediate. Jesus calls him down and says, I'm going to your house today. And in this change, Zacchaeus puts himself at odds with the ways of the world and with his past. We kind of see that already as the Spirit begins to work in Zacchaeus with a desire to go and see Jesus. That desire sent him up a tree, something that no one would normally do. But when we come in contact with God, our priorities are changed, our values are changed. They're oriented towards God's ways and not the ways of the world. Zacchaeus' focus is on Christ. It's not on what everybody's going to think of him. Jesus saw this and recognized that humility. And not only did Zacchaeus make a fool out of himself in front of the crowd, but then he changed himself in his priorities. No longer was it about financial gain. You see, he used his resources to bring about restoration with other people in his life. He used his money to demonstrate the goodness of God and the restoration that he had received. Jesus changed his priorities. And this leads us to our last thing that we can learn for today. It's that God is doing something in the world and he wants us to be a part of it. You see, Jesus said, I must go to your house today. It actually said in the story that Jesus was just gonna be passing through town. But then when he sees Zacchaeus, he, he goes directly to him and he says, let's go, let's do this now. I must go to your house because that's what Jesus is about. He's about seeking and saving the lost. And he continues to do that today. He continues to do that in our world. His sole purpose is to save souls. And he's called us to be a part of that work. He's given us the gift of the Holy Spirit. He's given us his gifts in the church. That's what we're about here at CLC. It's about God's kingdom, about God's ways about bringing that kingdom of God more in war. Here in the family of Christ, as Paul calls it, the body of Christ, that we live out that kingdom in all that we do. It's here that we we proclaim it and we live it out. That's what discipleship is all about. 
At Cornerstone, we use that term disciple instead of members. Because Jesus called disciples and he said, go and make more disciples. So what does discipleship look like? What does a changed life look like? Well, at Cornerstone, we've, deci- we've defined discipleship with this term. Someone who is moving forward in faith by thinking and acting like Jesus. That term discipleship is, is active. It's not a static term. It's, it's one that is never completed. It's a constant journey that we're on. And so what does the disciple do? We have these marks of discipleship that, that we've kind of identified. Worship, Bible study, personal devotion, Small group, affinity group, internal service, external service, giving, and witness. And affinity group, just to help you define it, is is a group of other Christians that you gather together with maybe in a a more informal setting. You get together and, and, and live life together on a regular basis. It, small groups is similar, but that's a, little more, um, that's a little more defined. Internal service is something here at church. External service is something outside of church. And then giving and witness. This is how we walk with each other, moving forward in faith, thinking and acting more like Jesus. And God has called Cornerstone Church to be about his kingdom work. He's called you to be his disciple. He's been faithful to to our church, to to Cornerstone Carmel, for many, many years. And it's time for us now to do an evaluation, a self-evaluation. Last week it was was called uh, System Check, and this week it's Countdown. And the countdown is is the idea that we've still got more to do. It's it's not over. We're, We're always counting down to what God has in store for us next. And so we look at our own lives and and we say, How is God preparing me for what he has next for me? One of the hallmarks of our Lutheran theology is that we believe that God has given us special gifts where he's always there for us. In his word, in holy communion, and in baptism, God is always there for us. But God promises that when we interact with him, When we go to his word, it works. It has an effect on us. So if we truly believe he is here in worship, if we truly believe he is here in his word and through his gifts, it's going to have an impact on us. And so we say, how am I doing? And so we have this checklist, this system check of things that we can do as disciples to continue to grow. And it's not... It's not necessarily a hierarchy or an order, but if you notice, worship and Bible study are first. Those are the places where we know God is for us and he will help us to grow in all those other areas. And it's not only just as individuals, but I think for CLC Carmel, it's a chance for us to do an evaluation because we've been blessed over 40 plus years of ministry. We've started other churches. We've we've launched other ministries. We've started multi-site ministry. God has been so good to us. And the danger is to sit back and say, well, we're committed to making disciples out there as if it's just a numeric thing to add more and more people. But discipleship is is quantitative, is qualitative as well. It's how are we doing in our own walk? As we make disciples, each one of us are those disciples that are being made more and more. It's also tempting for us to say, well, we've got mission starts in those other places like downtown and Eagle Creek. 
And those are our mission opportunities. But the mission is right here. The mission is to your next door neighbor. The mission is even in your own family. Cornerstone Carmel is also a mission site. God is using us. He's calling us to be about his work. And we follow him in our lives as a church and as individuals. And he invites us. He says, I want to be with you today. I want to spend time with you. And I want you to be changed. I want it to have an impact in your life. And may it overflow out of you to others so that others too can come into a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. May he use each one of us and may he use CLC and CLC Carmel to do that. Amen. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you this day that you have called us. That is nothing that we can do. It's not our own works, but Lord, it's all because of you. You've called us as outcasts and, and those that, that have not lived according to your word. Lord, we ask that you would work in us and through us by your Holy Spirit. Guide us and strengthen us as we seek to serve you in all that we do. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.